Just the sweet sound of rain. Sweet, sweet sound of rain. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, right. it's raining today. I know. How rare. How rare. How rare. It's kind of nice. I love it. I do too. I feel naked in here. I don't have my phone or anything. Oh, no. I don't have any of my belongings. Oh, no. I don't have a water. God, are you going to make it? Are you even prepared? <laughs> That's so gross. I'll probably be fine. Oh, are you? don't look at your headphones. That's so nasty. That's your head juice. My he my ears are so clean, but apparently not. Listen. Now I have to just shove them. <sighs> no, clean them off. Rub With them what? on your leggings. Rub them on your leggings. Uh, I feel like she needs a a. A bath? Fucking toothpick. Put them on your sock. Why are they like that? I don't know. I'm not sure how they're like. <laughs> don't look at them. Who don't knew I had so many ear I'm just going to shove them in there. Oh, yeah. Mine are pretty good. Oh, no. That's so unfortunate. You poor unfortunate soul. I just have to say I have the cleanest fucking ears in the world. Oh, my water's so far away. I mean, it's a toss-up between yours and Brandon's. For the cleanest fucking ears? Yeah. In the world. Yeah. Why does he, like, use a lot of fucking Q-tips and shit? Yeah, them? every day. He's got to, he too. cleans them every day. Oh, I get in there and I'm like. Mm -hmm. Multiple e showers a day. He's like, got to get the water out. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to leave, like, something in there. Yeah, like, for protection. <laughs> every time a doctor looks at my ears, they're like, your ears are really clean. I'm like, huh, weird. Hmm. That's so interesting. I, I just mopped. I have a minor obsession. Evidently, they're not fucking clean enough, though, because that's gross. Mm -hmm. No, that's your, that's your head juices coming right that, out. That's nasty. You're right nice. From the tap. How's it going, Erin? It's going pretty good. How it's you doing? It's raining today. It is raining. It's such a cozy day today. I, we never get cozy rainy days. I know. I love it. There was traffic getting to your house, though. That sucked. That is pretty lame. I was yeah. wondering if you are going to run into it because, one, it's raining, and two, there's just always traffic on yeah. the way from your house to my house now. That's fair. Yeah. But with the rain, it added so much. Ugh. Well, I'm glad because I accidentally took a nap while I was waiting for you. <laughs> just a quick little accidental power nap. <laughs> fucking pass the fuck out on accident <laughs> so what's your goddamn girl well my goddamn is not that exciting it's work related Good. oh ew yeah but i went to a trade show yesterday and we're gonna get a whole big new fucking fancy printer thing again i feel like you're always getting new printers i know it's real nice but this one's different it's a different kind of printer <laughs> it's, it prints different things it does it prints different things on different material in a different way and it requires a dryer so there's like it's a whole setup there's a whole wow. thing and so i'm super excited about it and so then i was like hey we got to rearrange my entire shop right which right. has like all of my existing printers and like embroidery machines and all that kind of stuff yeah and i fucking measured everything and set it up like you know when you were a kid and you'd like yeah set up cut your out room. The pieces yeah you cut out your pieces in your room and stuff like and to scale literally yes exactly and so i did that but in like a program or whatever and then fucking Moved it all around, got it how I wanted it, and I was like, oh, it's going to work. It's going to be perfect, blah, blah, blah. I just have to get the approval of our embroidery lady who is kind of an older lady at this point, and she's kind of set in her ways just to put her in that box. So right? we know what we're working with. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, let's do this. And she was like, yep, I'm on board. And I was like, great, this is great. That's everything I needed. I needed your approval. And then I had approval to switch everything from my boss, right? He's like, yeah. just make sure she's on board. Yeah. And then the next morning I came in and she was like, I'm not fucking doing it. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what has changed? Also, it's I'm happening not fucking doing tomorrow. It. Like, what oh, do no. you mean? Yeah. We have, you have to. Not like you don't have to, but like, hey, homie, what the fuck? It's literally tomorrow. Like, yeah. you, you can't 
pull this out from under me right now. Right. And if we don't change shit around, like, I don't have room for this new machine, so... Oops. Like, what... Yeah. You, it's not like you can say no. Yeah. You know? Like, like we already pulled the trigger now. Yeah, like, I'm giving you this option, but it's also... Not, not a really. Request. <laughs> yeah. So like, why'd she change her mind? Um, because she's old and stuck in her ways, and so she was like, "Like it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work." And she was fucking biting everyone's heads off, like oh, mine no. included. And I was like, "I don't know oh, how to no. handle this." How like, awkward. Yeah, it's so bad. And so then I finally got her back on board, and she's like, "Okay, fine." And she apologized. She's like, "It's you're right. It'll work better." Blah blah. It's yeah. Be she's fine. just frustrated. <laughs> exactly. And so I was like, "All right, cool." And then I took. Uh, Friday and Monday off for camping, mm-hmm. and that was when they were moving everything. Uh, so how I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna be there for the actual move of it and all that. And my buddy at work, who is also an older gentleman, he was like gonna be in charge of all of it and everything. And I'd like given him the plans, told him everything, blah blah. And so he goes in early, and she was like, "I'm not fucking doing it again." And oh my like, god! Oh no! Yeah, he Ugh. got her to change her mind. Luckily, Jesus. so. But it's just been. One thing after another. Oh, my God. It's been so bad. It's been so bad because I'm like, you try to be nice and you try to be like accommodating and all these things. And yeah. it's like, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It needs to be to be further back. This needs to be over here. It can't be like this. And you're like, oh, OK. Like, how much how much further back does it need to be? And she's like, well, I don't know. I'll know it when I see it. And you're like, that's not an answer. Yeah. Like, OK. But okay, I guess. So then you like start moving it or whatever, and she's like, "Well, that's fine." Yeah, and it's and like, like four okay. inches. I'm like, "Homie, you're just fucking upset." Yep. To yeah, to be upset. Exactly. Yeah, so I I've hate that. Dealing with that for like the past week, but upside, it has all moved, and and you got your new printer. I don't have it yet. Ooh, but it's in process. We have till like the end of January or whatever to Ooh, get girl. it. So I'm super excited. How fancy. Yeah, but there's always, you know, a fucking caveat or whatever. Oh, yeah. There's always got to be a shit show to get you there. Yeah. I've been yelling at my boss every day. I'm like, I can't fucking handle this. (laughs) He's like, thank you for handling that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But next time I fucking can't. Yeah. And I'm like, I I can and I'll be nice and I'll do all the things. But like, I just really wish it wasn't happening, you know? Well, goddamn. That sounds like a fucking mess. Goddamn. Stressful work days are always the worst or like work weeks. Yeah. Or it's always awkward, too, if, like, anybody loses their cool, you know? Yeah. And then they got to go back and be like, sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mean. What's your goddamn? Oh, mine. I got to mention it to you, but my house tried to burn itself down. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. Didn't. It didn't. Thank uh, God. I don't know how that fucking worked. Got somebody looking over my shoulder or something. But one morning this week, Lee gets up earlier than me, and he, like, makes the coffee, and he'll kick off the younger kid. He, like, gets his toast ready and all that stuff, gets him ready for school. And they're usually out the door about the time that me and my oldest are, like, getting up and moving around. And then I get the oldest ready for school, and I take him to school. So they get up, they do all their shit, and then I go to make the oldest some waffles, and I go to use the toaster, and it's not working. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. And I plug it into so many different outlets in the kitchen, and none of the outlets worked. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, but, like, the stove – like, there was still electricity. And so I thought, oh, maybe we, like, flipped a breaker, and, like, Mm -hmm. half of the house – like, half of the kitchen is on one breaker and half are on the other. I don't know. So I went out, and I looked at it, and the breaker wasn't flipped, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, that's not good. (laughs) Like, we just don't have – like, the outlets just don't work. And we're in an older house, so that's plausible. Like, when we went through the whole foundation thing, some of the outlets got, like, pulled out of the wall from the company using them for, like, industrial dryers and shit. Yeah, and not fucking caring because it's not their house. And not fucking caring, but also it's an old-ass house, so everything's probably stripped as fuck. Yeah. So we've had to replace some of them. But anyway, so it's just an older house, right? 
so I call Lee and I'm like, hey, uh, the electricity's not working. Do you have any other ideas? He named off all my ideas, right? And yeah. he's like, uh, I don't know. That's fucking weird. It was working before I left. And I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'm going <laughs> to blow my brains out. Like, super stressful morning trying to get, like, I had to plug the toaster in on the ground somewhere. Like, in the bathroom. To, yeah, just to make some fucking <laughs> this waffles. Is way closer to the bathtub than I need it to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Too tempting right now. <laughs> I'm not trying to take a toaster bath, although I probably want to at this point. Anyway, so then... Um, Don't give me the option. <laughs> yeah. So eventually, like later on, whatever, yesterday, a day later or something, Lee went to Home Depot, got all the shit. I don't know how he knew what outlet it was. I don't know if he went around fucking... I don't know what Testing he did. Testing them. Yeah. But he figured out that one of the outlets was bad, right? Yeah. We also... I think it was the GFI thingy. Like the thing that trips so that you don't blow up your goddamn house. Like yeah. if there's a surge or something, it had tripped. So maybe that's what alerted him. But anyway, he unscrewed it and it had fucking melted. Like mm. a wire broke loose or something. And it just like caught fire in the wall and melted and then popped and then stopped the electricity and luckily didn't like continue to burn. Yeah. And it just made me realize like how fucking precarious life is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how fucking precarious my plan is because like when we first had the kids, I was like, Smoke alarms everywhere, fire extinguisher, like, we have to be safe. But then we've, like, as the kids get sick, we'll use a humidifier and I have to, like, pull the fire, the smoke detector off the wall because the humidifier sets it off. Mm -hmm. And then I set it in the kitchen and then it never gets hung back up. And then it's probably somewhere in the laundry room. And we have one smoke detector in the hallway outside of the kids' rooms. But, like not in their rooms, and we don't have any in, like, the living room closer to the kitchen. Like, if that had caught on fire and I was asleep, the whole fucking house would be engulfed in flames before yeah. I would know. You wouldn't know until it got to the bedrooms, basically. Right, and then guess where my fire extinguisher is, where yeah. it's not supposed to be. They say never put it under your <laughs> under your kitchen sink because, like, your stove is probably going to be, like, the first thing to catch on fire. It's totally under my kitchen sink, jammed way behind all the cleaning products and everything, oh, God. probably laying on the ground. Like, I, it would be hard for me to find yeah. And that is where the outlet was that caught oh, on God. fire. So it would have just been in flames. Oh, my God. I'm just like, wow. I think we need to prepare a little better. Like, it was kind of a wake-up call. Yeah. Well, it's like a wake-up call for me, too, because I feel like my house is just Safe. as old. Yeah, like, you don't, you're like, eh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, and we've taken off smoke detectors for the same reason. Yeah. So the humidifier gets them or whatever. Or they just run out of battery and, and you take beacon. it down. Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, oh, I'll replace that. And then it sits on the banister for the next like six years. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I got to find where ours are now. Yeah. God. Was, yeah. We did the same thing when we moved in. We're like all new smoke detectors, like the CO2 things. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like, like you get all prepped, especially when you're first having kids and yeah. stuff too. You're so cautious. Well, and they terrify you. Yeah. Like, the doctors and stuff, pediatricians all terrify you. Like, did you turn your water heater down oh every time i would mark yes Me and too. then i was like fuck no i'm not gonna do that like if those my bitches kids don't burns, know how to use the fucking faucets yet yeah if they well i know <laughs> well even once they did i'm like uh well hopefully they have enough brains to be like ouch and put it back on cold that one's hot yeah, yeah. don't leave your fucking hand in there man yeah there's a little bit of trial by fire in life you know yeah you gotta figure it out yeah so i always leave that shit on high yeah, I know. We do, too, because I like long showers, and I don't want to be cold at the end. And I like hot ones. Yeah. yeah. I know, right? Oh, my God, yeah. So, anyway, that was a fucking wake-up call. Scared the shit out of me. And now I just feel like I smell electrical fire everywhere. Mm. Like, I'm like, I could smell it over here. Oh and I, like, God. keep smelling the outlet because Lee changed it. So, I'm like, you're not an electrician. <laughs> I watched you grow up, so <laughs> <laughs> through your whole puberty phase, all of it, I don't think that I trust you to do this. 
Man, it's the same thing with Brandon. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. And you know how when you were younger, you had so much faith in your dad? Like, yeah. dads just know everything. Yeah. And now that I am a mom next to a dad, I'm like, oh, they're just, like, faking it. I mean, now they're YouTubing it. My yeah. dad probably, I don't fucking My dad know. was looking in books. He's yeah. like, I got all these electricity books. And I'm like, oh, this guy knows what watts are. Like, he's got to get it. <laughs> he knows watts. Watts. <laughs> he's, got, he's got all the voltage figured out. This guy has life figured out. I know. Oh, my God. And now looking back i'm like he was 20 fucking seven he had like, no idea what he was doing he was a baby yeah yeah i mean but lee is so safe though like he went out and bought all the little proper tools and shit oh that's good yeah anyway so that's my goddamn my house tried to burn down yeah well i'm really glad it didn't Ugh, god all that those sucked fucking memories and shit oh i got room for you though if it does well that's good to know yeah you and all the kids you yeah. guys can come live with us for a while that'd be great yeah just start our compound sooner. Yeah, exactly. Love it. It'll be fine. It'll anyway, be fine. so, you know, PSA, everybody go check your shit out. Yeah, yeah. Check your smoke detectors, oh too. God. And move your fire extinguishers, bitches. Yeah, put them somewhere where they're actually supposed to go and Maybe shake them up. Get a couple. You know how you're supposed to shake them every they're now and They're also supposed to be, like, certified or whatever for X amount of years Yeah, and you sh- like, they expire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, do you want to hear about murder? Hell yeah, I do. On episode 280. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right, yes, this week I'm going to tell you about Vincent Brothers. Okay. This is actually a pretty well-known one. Oh, well, the name does not ring a bell yet. Yeah, I don't, I think that maybe at the end you might be like, "Ah, I think I kind of heard about that, but I don't think you'll know all of it because I didn't. I'm ready. So, Vincent, he was born May 31st. 1962, so he was a Gemini. Okay. I don't know anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't either. And also I said was. He still is. Oh, okay. So, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. He doesn't die. Uh, He was born in Long Island, New York, and he was one of ten kids. Damn. Damn. Well, it's the 60s. Right. He served in the Marines Reserves, and in the mid-80s, he moved to California, where he received a master's degree in education from California State University in Bakersfield. Oh, cool. In 1988, he and his then-girlfriend at the time gave birth to his first child. He didn't give birth, but you get what I mean, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. they welcomed, She felt pregnant. <laughs> yeah, she felt pregnant, and they welcomed their first child, which mm-hmm. was a baby girl. Okay. Um, he and his girlfriend ended up getting married, but ultimately they didn't end up working out. And Vincent was awarded joint custody of the girl and visitation rights. Oh, and good. he was ordered to pay child support. Okay. Now, the child support, I don't know if this is important, but I'm just going to share it. But at first it was like $300 and it would slowly go up based off of, I'm sure, his income and everything. Yeah. And by the end of... Like, when the peak of our story and everything happens, he was paying, like, almost $800 a month in child support. Okay. The reason that these two didn't end up working out was that because Vincent wasn't a very great spouse and Mm -hmm. he was actually convicted of spousal abuse. Oops. And he ended up spending six days in jail because he threatened to kill his then wife. Can't do that. That is now his ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah. She filed for divorce and she got the <laughs> heck out of that relationship. Irreconcilable difference. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, he wants me dead and I want to be alive. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> he sounds awful. Uh, eventually, he was hired as a vice principal at an elementary school in Bakersfield, 
where he was viewed as a very respectable member of the school. Yeah. So now. Good. Put him around kids. That sounds safe. It's so crazy because during all of this, like there's a history of spousal abuse and allegations that I'm going to tell you guys about. And it's just so crazy that this was like a vice principal that everybody loved and adored. But also has this crazy ass story that like for some reason nobody's putting together or they're just looking past. Yeah. Yeah. But he's the vice principal. I mean, honestly, my kid's principal. I'm like, there's something shady about this motherfucker. Dude, I do that shit all the fucking time. I do, too. Brandon gets so mad at me. Because I was like, I didn't really care for his whatever. Yeah. Yeah. For what, like, this teacher that I met. And he's like, why? Like, she's just blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I I just said I I didn't. Don't like it. And she rubbed me the wrong way. There's nothing I can say that she did wrong. I just don't really care for her. I'm just getting the ick. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, nobody got the ick from this guy because they were just like, he's so respectable. Hmm. In 1996, a woman who worked with him at the school ended up claiming that Vincent sexually assaulted her because allegedly she visited his home for some reason. Mm. And while she was there, he hit her. Jesus. And then proceeded to drag her into his bedroom (gasps) and then took photos of her. What? And this I guess this is the creepiest shit. Like, uh, yeah. And everybody's like, he's the vice principal, though. These are just allegations, you know? Uh, like, those are big allegations. I have yeah. questions. Yeah. If you're willing to come forward and say that someone did that to you, like, that's that's, that's a, pretty big. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. So while she was in the house, she tried to grab the phone to call the police and he, like, ripped the phone out of her hands. Oh, my God. But eventually she managed to get out of the house and she ran away and ran to the police. And then she... The fuck did he think was going to happen? I don't fucking know, man. Like, people are crazy. And she worked with him at the school? She worked with him at the school. So she goes to the police and she goes to file a complaint or whatever Mm -hmm. against him. But the police end up talking her out of doing it. Uh That's not what you're there for? A respectable member of society (gasps) or whatever. And so somehow... Well, maybe he shouldn't be. You know, honestly, maybe that should be more of a concern. But somehow, for whatever reason, she got talked out of it or wasn't, you know, encouraged. Listened. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But, you know, she goes back to work and the harassment continued. And she claims that he like caressed her hip or some shit while she was working the front desk in like the school office. And eventually she took a leave from work because she couldn't handle it. Well, yeah, she shouldn't have to fucking handle it. She shouldn't. And the school did investigate the claims, but there was no, like, official confirmation on if they found anything, like, substantial for those claims. But he did get transferred to another school after that. Okay. They were like, actually, we like her better. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, they still let him be a vice principal at another school. Yeah. So I'm guessing maybe they were like, let's just separate them. Yeah. Oh, God. Not great. In 1998, while working as vice principal at his new school, Vincent met a woman by the name of Joni Harper. Okay. Joni became pregnant during their little fling, like, pretty early on, and she gave birth to a baby boy named Marcus. And now we're in 2000, and Vincent and Joni get married, and they continue to have a second child together, a baby girl by the name of Lindsay. Okay. Now, I just want to note that they, they met each other at work, at school. So I'm kind of maybe thinking that, like, his allegations might have a little truth to them. Mm-hmm. She was just a little more receptive to his sexual advances? Right. Yeah, she was like, all right, all right, all right, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Then in 2001, the couple ended up getting separated because of marital issues, where I guess Vincent was having a hard time being faithful, which big surprise, right? Yeah. 
however, having a hard time. Like he just couldn't stop molesting it's people. So hard. It's so hard <laughs> to not sleep with everybody. <laughs> so they separate, right? Yeah. However, the couple remarried in Las Vegas in January of 2003 okay. while Joni was pregnant with their third and final child, a baby boy named Marshall, who she gave birth to in May of 2003. Okay. Towards the end of her pregnancy with Marshall, the couple began to have frequent arguments and Vincent decided that it would be best for him to leave the home in April. So this would have been a month before the baby was born. Aww. He decided to leave the home. I mean, probably for the best, but that makes me sad. I know. For, like, you know, the perfect home family that you wish he had. Right? Like, now he's got three kids with this woman. Yeah. He's been married, divorced, and remarried. And yeah. And now he's got to leave the house because they're just not making it work. Also, like, on top of him being unfaithful, yeah. there was another point of contention for Vincent. And that was because he was frequently arguing with his mother-in-law, who I guess lived with the family also. Oh, okay. And her name was Ernestine. Okay. So it wasn't a great marriage overall, right? He's yeah. cheating. He's arguing with the mother-in-law. Now, his mother-in-law... To be fair, yeah. living with a... Mother-in-law is hard. Any in-law, I would guess, is going to be on your nerves. Because you didn't marry right. that person. You married their daughter. Exactly. Husband, it's gonna wife, be a point whatever. Of you contention. fucking know what I mean. I got you. Yeah. It yeah. is a point of contention. <laughs> exactly. So I guess, too, like just to kind of paint the picture... Ernestine was, like, a very strong-willed woman. She was very outspoken against gang violence in the community. And she also had, like, the house kind of on lockdown because of it. Because she was so outspoken, she didn't want to be, like, targeted, you know? So, mm -hmm. like, there was security, bars on the door, things like that. I mean, I'm just guessing maybe she, she sounds like a strong-willed woman that maybe he would argue with. You yeah. Because yeah. she'd be like, I ain't taking sh any of your fucking shit. Yeah. Especially with my little girl. Yeah. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> well, and it's a mom protecting her daughter. And her grandbabies. And yeah. her grandbabies. Yeah. And like, this guy is putting his dick all over the place. So, yeah. like, no. Yeah. No. Get the fuck out. Yeah. So, cut to Sunday, July 6th, 2003. Joni and her mother and her three children, they all attend Sunday morning church service. This was the first service for six-week-old baby Marshall. Oh, okay. After the service, they had lunch at Black Angus, and they went home to take a nap before evening church services, which Jesus. was, I guess, pretty common for the family, was every oh, Sunday. Every Sunday? Yeah. They go do double whammies, you know? I guess. They are Black very... Angus and a nap sounds really good. Honestly, I'm like, dude... What service? Like an hour? So like an hour in the morning. And some people love church, right? Like if I yeah. I think of it as meditation for me, you know? Yeah. So like if I got to meditate an hour in the morning, go to Black Angus for lunch, fill up, take a nap, and then wake up and do another hour of meditation. I mean, do you get another round of Black Angus? Because I feel like the second one is overkill. Maybe we go to, like, Chipotle after or something, you know? Because we're probably okay. really full from Black Angus. And Chipotle saves good later. So you can That's have a couple true. bites and then save it for, like, you know, almost bedtime. When you want more. <laughs> for the midnight snack. Yeah. Yeah. For them, <laughs> for them munchies. <laughs> the Lord would approve. I'm sure he would. Okay. Uh, so they take their nap, right? And they're getting ready for evening church services. Yeah. That's the last we know about the family. Until a few days later... A friend by the name of Kelsey Spann, who was Joni's, like, really good friend, mm -hmm. decides to swing by her house to check on the family because she hadn't heard from Joni in a couple of days. Like, 
she didn't see her at evening church services. She hasn't been answering her calls. So she was getting a little concerned. And it had been like two days. She's going to go check it out. Yeah. Side note. friend. I know, right? So side note, Vincent was out of town during this time visiting his brother in Ohio. So like she wasn't getting a hold of anybody and Vincent was no help. Like he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kelsey just so happened to have a spare key to Joni's home. So when she went to go knock on the front door and nobody answered, she used her key and she unlocked the side door. However, when she went to go push the door open, something was blocking her from being able to get in. Mm -hmm. So she walked around to the back sliding door. (gasps) She didn't have a key to the sliding door, but she just tested it and it happened to be unlocked. Which again was very unlike the family because, like I said... The mother-in-law was very outspoken about gang violence and stuff. and Had very... that shit on lock. Yeah, exactly. So immediately Kelsey was like on alert. Like something's yeah. not right here. When she walked into the house, she could see that it was ransacked and it looked like there had been a robbery. Oh. As she walked towards the back bedroom, she found Joni laying on the bed and she was clearly dead for, for a couple of days. Ooh. And she was covered in blood. And so she immediately called 911. Oh, God. When the investigators arrived, they found Joni murdered in her bed along with all three of her children and her mother. Oh, God. Investigators concluded that the killer had accessed the house without forced entry because nothing had been broken into. And they went into Joni's bedroom first. The killer shot Joni first, twice in the head, and then turned the gun onto the two-year-old Lindsay. (gasps) And shot her in the back while I hope she was sleeping. Oh, God. Laying right next to her mom. Joni's mother, Ernestine, must have heard the noise and came out to defend the family because she was found in the hallway outside of her room. And she had a thirty-eight revolver in her hand. Oh, like She shit. was ready to defend the family. But yeah. she never got a chance to actually fire the gun. Oh, my God. Because she was shot twice in the face <gasps> and she died in the hallway. Oh, my God. The killer then returned to Joni's bedroom because there's still four-year-old Marcus and the six-week-old baby. And the killer shot. I don't like this. I know. No. The killer shot Marcus and the six-week-old baby in the back. My baby girl is four. I know. It's fucked up. Each shot was clearly intended to be fatal. So it's clear that the motive here was murder. Yeah. The killer didn't flee the scene right away, which is kind of weird. Instead, they went into the kitchen and grabbed a knife from the butcher block and then went back into Joni's room and continued to stab her multiple times in the back after she was already dead. Uh, Clearly, this was a... Rage? Yeah, like a passion kill. (laughs) But, like, she was dead. She was dead. I was thinking, like, what if the killer didn't know if she... Because it sounds kind of chaotic, right? Like, you go shoot Joni, and then you're like, ah, I got to go take care of the mother-in-law here. Bang, bang, right? And then let me go back and finish the kids. So what if the killer thought, like, oh, Joni's not dead yet? Well, what if he was out of bullets? And, like, had to reload or something? Or, like, didn't have more, and he was like, I got to make sure she's dead. Because, like, at that point, wouldn't you just shoot her more? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But she was dead because they were determined to be postmortem wounds. Ugh. The killer then disconnected the TV and removed it from the wall, but like just set it on the ground and then dumped Joni's purse all over the floor. And it was obvious to police that it was staged, the house was staged to look like a robbery, but like nothing was missing. Yeah. 
Like they they were gonna take the TV and then didn't. And then just left. Yeah. So the killer then brought pillows and blankets from different rooms of the home and covered up the children. <sighs> almost as if they were remorseful. Yeah. So, like I said, it's clear that this is a crime of passion, and the investigators suspect that the murderer was somebody that the family knew because there was no forced entry. <laughs> and it was clear that Joni was the main target since she sustained a majority of the injuries. And, yeah. Yeah. Based on the autopsy, it was determined that the family had been murdered 48 hours prior to having been discovered. So they speculate that they were murdered while they were napping after Sunday service. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because that's where they all were found. And I guess yeah. it was pretty common for Joni and all her kids to go nap in the bed and the mom to go nap in the other room. Oh, my God. That breaks my fucking heart. So, like, very convenient for a killer to come in. Also, another supportive theory that they knew their killer because they would know the family's routine. Yeah. Police were concerned for Vincent's safety. Because clearly someone targeted his entire fucking family. Yeah. And so they're like trying to find him and they eventually reach him and discover that he had been in Ohio visiting his brother at the time of his family's like mass fucking murder. Had he been? Oh, I'm going to tell you if he had been or not. Mm, Okay. (laughs) So when the police broke the news to him, he was legit a blubbering mess. And he was like not talking clearly, crying unconsolably. Like the the investigators were like, there's no way this man harmed his family. He was in Ohio. Like he is not a prime suspect. Oh, gosh. Okay. Interestingly enough. Like, you know, okay, so he finds out everybody's murdered, right? And then they're going to go hold a memorial for his family. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, Vincent doesn't attend the memorial, but he did attend the funeral services like a few days later. Okay. But I don't know why he didn't go to the memorial. That's kind of weird, right? Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, Like, how should you grieve? How should you grieve? Yeah. And I could see if my entire family was murdered that i'd be like you know what all y'all can fuck off that's for you guys i'm gonna be in here like i just want to yeah 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 one detective wasn't quite sold on vincent though Mm -hmm. because he noticed as they talked to him about his whole family being murdered that vincent never once asked how they were killed never once like they never divulged that they had been shot or stabbed or anything they just said like your whole family was murdered and vincent lost it but he never asked how they were killed Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's real weird. weird. I think it's weird. Uh, When asked about the details of his whereabouts on that Saturday and Sunday, because the family was murdered on a Sunday, Mm -hmm. so the Saturday prior and the Sunday leading up to the murders, Vincent provided receipts for shopping trips that he took in Ohio, and he had his alibi, like, hey, I was staying with my brother, like, I was here on these days, like, gave them everything. Mm -hmm. So, Where were they? California? Yeah, in Bakersfield, California. So pretty fucking far. Yeah, yeah, you can't be in Ohio. Right. So investigators... They're, like, you know, getting all this evidence and everything, but they're still keeping an eye on Vincent. But honestly, they don't have any... Hard evidence. Yeah, there's nothing to, like, really pin on him. Yeah. But they don't have anybody else for a suspect. Like, this was... For being such a passionate crime and everything, it would be shocking if this were a random event. Yeah. You know? So as time goes on, investigators start to gather evidence from Vincent And one of the things that they discovered was that while he was in Ohio, he rented a car. 
And so, like I said, that one detective was like, I don't know. I just can't, you know, I'm just not vibing with this guy. Like, he's not asking me what's going on here. There's some weird stuff. Even though his alibi and everything's checking out, I want to double check. Yeah. So they get a warrant for his rental car. And they just so happened to discover that while he was in Ohio, Vincent managed to put on enough miles on the rental car that it's possible that he could have driven the 2,000 miles from Ohio to Bakersfield and back. While he was staying with his brother. Like, there was over 5,000 miles put on the rental car when he was renting it. Holy shit. That's uh, pretty fucking suspicious. Okay, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is, that's fucking something else, though. Because could you imagine being in another state and then being like, anyway, I gotta go. Be back tomorrow. I gotta go murder my family. Oh, it yeah. Is, it would clearly be premeditated. Yeah, like, that's well. That would be the only that the the only thing. It would have to be premeditated. But a two thousand mile drive, like you took that trip for this purpose, the whole way there. Yeah, you know what yeah. you're gonna do or yeah. whatever. Like that's insane. That's insane. And also, what's the brother? Is he just like, all right, see you tomorrow? Yeah, cool, whatever. Like, what did he t- did he tell the brother? Or was he like, I'm going to go stay at my other friend's house in Ohio that you you don't know him? Like, you know? Oh, I know. Like, what the fuck? I have some questions. Yeah. Also, every border checkpoint, and by border, I mean, like, in California, right. they all have them. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be on camera passing I feel through. Like, I don't know the timeline of events on all of this. I didn't write down the dates that all of this stuff happened. But I feel like as soon – and maybe this is all part of it. But it's like as soon as somebody gives you an alibi – like, can we, like, just double check on all that? And yeah. So just like, I believe you. Thanks for the receipts. Like, yeah. let's go look at the cameras. Yeah. Let's at go. The Kroger in Ohio. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like he put on a lot of miles. Let's go check his credit cards. Like, where did he gas up? Yeah. Where else did, yeah, where did he gas uh, up? Let's where else check did he go? some footage because, like, along the way, it makes sense that these gas stations could be plausible. You know? Yeah. Like, let's double yeah. check this. Or what's he doing in a completely different state right? getting gas if Why he did he put 5,000 miles on it what was he doing yeah that's That's a lot of fucking driving oh my gosh immediately investigators found this suspicious right they're like "Uh uh-oh he's not telling us the truth yeah so they decided to take it a step further and they pulled out the rental car's radiator and air filter oh my god yeah they went way further than just credit card receipts oh they went way further they hired an expert entomologist which, like, studies bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had them literally sort out every bug part that they could find in that and identify every bug in there to see, like, are the bugs that are stuck in the grill native to Ohio? Yeah. Or could they have come? That's kind of sketchy, though, because someone else could have rented that car the previous week and they're not cleaning out the bug squishes in between the radiator. Oh, like- they went back to like the last five people who had rented the car and confirmed like where did where they, they drive? had taken it yeah and all of them confirmed that they stayed local mm-hmm. but obviously the bug parts that they found in the car were not from ohio and in fact they were found to be native to the states west of the rocky mountains aka california aka not ohio aka homie drove that car all the way to fucking bakersfield from ohio from cleveland ohio was like deuces bro and then, like, drove all the way the fuck there to murder his family and drove all the way back to also, try to create an alibi. Bakersfield has a very particular air quality. It's so bad. It's so bad. But Did I you feel know like Bakersfield also has, like, the highest number of murders per capita or some shit like that? It's also understandable. Have you been there? No, but isn't that also where Lacey Peterson lived? 
you know, I don't know. Did you know that Scott Peterson got taken up by the uh, Innocence Project? Did you know that it's not actually the Innocence Project? No, but okay. it is a project that that is does dedicated that to people's innocence. People. Yeah, in in L.A. But also, did you know that I have an unpopular opinion where I fucking support that and I want to know more? I want to know more, and I do know that about your opinion, and that's the only reason that I want to know more is because I'm like, well, let's hear it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's check it out. Yeah. But also that supports my whole theory of like, I mean, if they're fucking murdering everybody over there, I mean, maybe he is innocent. Maybe he's not. But I just have more questions. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. anyway sorry for that. That was a nice sight, Dan. Yeah. Okay. So they clearly find bug parts that are native to California. So they're like, now I don't believe this guy and his alibi. Yeah. They also soon discovered that Vincent had no longer been living in the home because of the couple's recent arguments and everything, and that Joni was filing for divorce and that she was actually going for child support, too, from Vincent. Okay. So now they're like, okay, we have a motive here. Like, he's going to be – he's already paying almost you know $800 a month. really fucked up? What? To kill your entire family because you don't want to pay for your kids that you – Or take care of them. Created. Yeah. Yes, really. Because you have options. Like, you could pay or you could take care of them. Granted, not everyone has the option, and the mom gets the majority and all that kind of stuff. I know the system is messed up in weird ways. But, yeah, but like, you don't have to kill them. You don't have to kill them. Yeah, I was aware of that. As like, like he, he didn't have to kill them. No, he, he could didn't have, have killed to. her and the mom and then been like, and then I'll just, you know, live in this fantasy world where I take care of you and don't get caught oh, to his kids, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But he was like, like, he didn't have to kill the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, I don't think that he really uh, cares. Apparently, fucking. They not. had like an FBI uh, profile person, you know, like yeah. watching him or whatever, and they were like, oh, this guy is literally like. A psychopath. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have any remorse for what he's done. He has remorse for himself because now he's going to be, you know. Exactly. But he doesn't have remorse for what he's done. I cannot imagine. Isn't that crazy? So they're like, oh, okay, we have a clear motive here and we know he's lying to us. Yeah. And they also soon discover his history of violence towards women. And they were like, all right, all right, guys, I don't think we could trust this man. This very respected vice principal might have some secrets. Exactly. So they go back and they double check the store receipts and they look at the security footage and they find that it was not Vincent at the grocery store. Brother. It was his fucking brother. So his brother brother knew. His brother knew and was like covering (gasps) for him. Or had to have known some. He knew something wasn't right and that he was covering for him. So I yeah. don't know that the brother ever gets in trouble for doing this. But um, even the brother through all of this, like, I just feel like you wouldn't even want him as a witness or whatever because he's so unreliable and he lied so much and kept changing his story that it's like you're not even helping at this point. Yeah. Like, you're literally just causing more harm than good. <laughs> well, I guess he could have gone back to Ohio and then found receipts that his brother had just gotten from days prior oh no his brother said like vincent asked me to go to the store this date and this time oh my god and bring back the receipt like he confirmed he didn't at first he was like no no no, i didn't do that yeah i was with my brother i only didn't see him these days but he kept changing his story so many times and then when they were like okay but we see you in the footage doing this he was like ah yeah you got me like my brother asked me to do that and i did that for him my god yeah So in April of 2004, enough evidence had finally been collected, like, against Vincent to be able to arrest him for the murders of his family. Okay. When he was arrested, Vincent had just sold off literally all of his belongings and he was planning on leaving town. So they got him in the nick of time. Yeah. Interesting. In January of 2007 is when the trial began for all of those murder charges. 
According to the district attorney, Vincent killed his family because they were a financial burden to him. And it's alleged that with the impending divorce, Vincent was going to stand to lose a ton of his income, not only to spousal, but also to child support. And instead of doing the right thing by his family, he decided to murder them (laughs) so that he could live a free life without the financial burden. Fucking wrap it up, though. I know. Oh, my God. And don't forget, this man has another daughter with another woman. Yeah. These are like financial burdens, mm, though. They're children. No. And you're having them. There is a whole – I probably could have gone on so many different tangents on this thing because there was a whole other trial for, like, spousal support money because Vincent stopped paying it when he got arrested for this. Yeah. And they're like – Well, that's kind of understandable, right? Is it, though? Because he sold off everything and Homie had thousands of dollars. And so initially they had dropped the payments to, like, super, super low or to none at all or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, okay, you can stop now, but we'll retro pay all this stuff later. And so then once they started – going back to it they're like okay they keep it super super low but then they found out that he had all this money in his accounts because he was like trying to pay for lawyers and all that stuff so he sold everything off so he could get really good defense lawyers or like pay for this shit well he sold it off so that he could get the fuck out of town sure but now he's using this yeah but then they had to sue him in order to get money for his fucking daughter that sucks because well i mean it's selfish better that than being murdered yeah yeah well Okay. If I was that other spouse, I, I don't. I'd be like, and I'm just gonna step out. Oh, they you know? were super worried about their safety. Yeah, I like, bet they thought that he was gonna come for them. How too. long was it between murders and him being arrested? Uh, 2007's the trial. 2004, April of 2004. So at least a year. That whole time, I would have been terrified. Yeah, as super the, terrified. The first wife with yeah. her kid. Oh, mm-hmm, my God. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that one's got to be older than four. It's got to be like seven. Oh, that one's uh, like, I'll tell you at the end, at the end of our story in like 2007-ish, she's 18. Oh, my God. She was born in 88, I think it was. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like our age now. Yeah. Hey, I'm so sorry like that happened. 35. Yeah. So we're in trial, right? And they're saying, okay, the defense or the prosecution is saying the whole reason he did all this is because they were a financial burden. Yeah. Allegedly, Vincent flew to Columbus, Ohio for a long Fourth of July weekend, but then he rented the car and he drove all the way back to Bakersfield, killed his family, and then, like, knowing that they were going to come home and take a nap after church, that's when he timed it. He killed the whole family and then he drove all the way back to Columbus, Ohio to maintain his alibi. And obviously the bugs in the car's grill was the evidence that supported this whole thing, along with the car's mileage. Yeah. Because he's still maintaining his innocence this whole time. He's like, nope, that's not true. And they're like, I mean. (laughs) I mean, even your brother is saying you asked for receipts. Like, why would you do that if you weren't? somewhere else that you couldn't get them yourself exactly and during the trial vincent was advised not to take the stand but (laughs) homie did not listen Ah! and so he took the stand as a mourning husband and father and he maintained his innocence the whole time even when he was faced with all this the da like said that he lied 41 different times or some shit on the stand and his brother lied too so it was just like you can't try and he was like crying on the stand and shit he was or his brother was he was and that's when the FBI agent was like, he's he's like the profile guy or whatever, the profile agent mm-hmm. who knew, like, you know how they always know the MO of the killer and all that shit mm-hmm. was saying, like, uh, he was crying for himself, not for his remorse of his family. The, on the fucking stand. Like, Ugh. yeah. So Vincent 
kept saying that he was innocent. He maintained that he was in Ohio the entire time, claiming that he was staying with his brother, Melvin, and that he had called back home several times during his stay and he had spoken with Joni on the phone. He said that the last time that he had spoken with her was on the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And she was murdered on, like, I think it was, like, the 6th of July or something like that. So he went two days without speaking to her. Yeah, that's weird if you're out on vacation. And you didn't question at all. And then it took another two days for them to find her. Yeah, and you didn't alert anyone or the police or anything when you couldn't get a hold of her two days after that even? That's fucking weird. So four days you went without talking to your wife? Yeah, because it was on the 6th that she was murdered. And then the 8th is when she was found. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. And you didn't call anyone in that time to be yeah. like, I can't get a hold of my wife. Yeah, so weird. Usually, I mean, I guess they were kind of on the outs, so maybe they didn't talk that often. Yeah, but still, I'd still. want to talk to my kids. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Well, maybe not a dad. I don't really know. Maybe not, all not dads. a dad. Maybe not all dads, but that dad sounds kind of like a piece of shit. So. Yeah, not all dads, but this one obviously <laughs> doesn't have real strong ties. He sounds kind of like a piece of shit. <laughs> kind of sounds like an asshole. Kind of sounds like a really terrible dad murdering his kids and shit. Rude. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> Kidding. Okay, so it turns out that a piece of evidence that was found at the crime scene was the tip to a rubber glove. I don't know if this is like, I'm guessing it's like latex gloves, Mm -hmm. but it's not latex, so they called them rubber gloves Mm -hmm. because they said there was a box of them in the house. Okay. Okay. I'm wondering where all these tips come from. Honestly, why are they ripping off? Why are they ripping off? I've never once put on any gloves and had the tips rip off. I guess if you're doing some stabbing, though, who knows? I mean, maybe, but... But, like, also post-mortem stabbing, so you're probably not in a scuffle. Yeah, it's not, like, a real, I don't know, slippery situation. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I have no fucking idea, but... But I've heard about it more than once. Like, yeah. more than one time, they're like, and yeah, we found the tip of a glove. You Who's told not a story for that? it was, like, on the bed or something yeah. like that. Like, the tip... I have no idea. You take the off tips. the gloves and be like, oh, I'm missing some tips. I should find that other piece. Also, those are shitty fucking gloves. That's the whole part that I want to protect is the tips of my fingers, right? (laughs) Honestly. What are you doing? I don't know. Maybe they're putting them on really fast, you know, and blowing the tips out. (laughs) Blowing the tips out. (laughs) Maybe they were small and he had big hands. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Okay, go on. Okay, so anyway, they find this glove tip, Mm -hmm. and it was found amongst all of Joni's belongings when her purse was dumped out on the floor. Mm Mm-hmm. And in that tip happened to have Vincent's DNA because mm-hmm. he was wearing the gloves. Yeah, that's where they find it. You uh, find fingerprints and shit in that stuff, too. Exactly. Those, that's why you want to get rid of those. That's the tip. That's the point of the glove. <laughs> this is the most important part of the glove. <laughs> <laughs> like a palm print sounds harder to match than a finger fucking print. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there was a box of gloves in the home. And, and I guess the mother-in-law kept them around for like cleaning and shit like yeah. that. And Vincent explained in the trial that he often worked around the home fixing things and that he would wear them for repairing stuff or cleaning stuff and shit so that it wouldn't be odd that there would be a glove around the house with his DNA. But also the fact that it's along with all of her belongings. And probably has blood on it. Yeah, I don't know what kind of DNA was in it. But, you know, so it's not that normal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe if you weren't on vacation out of town and it wasn't in your wife's stuff that she's using that day. Right, exactly. Exactly. Now, despite the defense's attempt to explain away all of the circumstantial evidence, Mm -hmm. the jury was not biting, and they found Vincent guilty of the murder of his entire family. Good. On May 15th, 2007, he was found guilty of five counts of first-degree murder with special circumstances, which made him eligible for the death penalty. 
On September 27th, 2007, Vincent was sentenced to death by lethal injection. Oh, shit. And he's now on death row in San Quentin State Prison. And it's believed that Vincent's murder weapon was a 22 caliber gun along with a quote-unquote stabbing weapon that they believe he got from the butcher block in the kitchen because two knives were missing. Mm-hmm. It turns out that Vincent did have another living daughter, like I said, 18-year-old Margaret Kern. And after his sentencing, she spoke at his hearing and said that she was resigning from the brother's family. So, like, her last name. Resigning. Yeah. I love that. Her last name was Margaret Kern Brothers, but Mm -hmm. she got rid of the hyphenation. And she said, I'm resigning from the brother's family. And that after she walked out of that courtroom, she would forever be Margaret Kern. She said that her father was nothing more than just a man handcuffed to a chair to her anymore. And she said that after her whole family, I mean, they were her, like, stepfamily or whatever, but still obviously very important to her. Yeah. Very close to her. After they had all been murdered, she actually attempted suicide. (gasps) Yeah. She ended up spending a few – she said all of this in his hearing. Well, and she's like a teenager at that point. Yeah, she's 18. Well, well she was probably she like attempted, 16, yeah, 17. She was a teenager. Yeah. Like that's a very vulnerable time oh for my God, any yeah. teenager. And she was scared for her safety and all this yeah. other stuff and just wanted to leave the world. So, oh, my God. How scary. I know. She ended up spending a few days in the hospital from her suicide attempt. And her mom was in there and was like, do not let – this man take another life like do not let your dad kill another one of his children oh that gives me goosebumps yeah like you cannot let him win so she decided that she was gonna live for her whole family and not let vincent win oh man so that's it he's still on death row and literally he got busted because of bug bits bug Bug bits bug juice doesn't come in a jar (laughs) bug juice comes from who who you are. are I don't know oh, the rest. I don't either. I don't remember it. Brandon but great show. Does. Great show. Great show. Yeah. Well, what the fuck, man? What That's the fuck? intense. So I actually had read this story like when we first started this podcast. Really? Um, because it solved by bug parts. And I was like, That's super cool. But then yeah. every time I ever read anything, I was like, But it doesn't tell you anything about the actual crime. You can only ever figure out how they dis- discovered all the bug parts and everything. Yeah. And then, I don't know what, I just got a hair up my ass, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this fucking case. And then I dug enough to get some of the details, so yeah. here we are. You know, entomology for the win. Yeah. Right? Look at that. Yeah. Could you imagine being on that case, though, and being like, I have to filter out all these bug pieces and, like, identify them? That sounds fucking hard. I mean, you've seen Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, right? true. I have. The, the bug guys <laughs> down there, I feel like they'd be all fucking over it. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like, if I were going to be a bug guy on, like, detectives' teams and shit, I would definitely want to be searching, like, moths being shoved down the throats of people. like Versus, like, bug pieces out of a radiator. Right. Yeah. I guess that's true. Like, if we're going to glorify I still really think that it would be easier, would have been easier to just, like, get all the border, like, the whatever, border patrol crossing places. Right? I wonder if they did that also, or, like, I don't know, or if maybe it was, like, too wide of a time window that they're, like, it would take us hours. (laughs) Yeah, right? Let's just have fucking Chester down here. (laughs) Sort out bug bits. Do the bug piece and the bug puzzle? What if there's just, like, a giant grasshopper perfectly intact, and they were, like, that shit comes from the Rocky Mountains for sure. (laughs) Like it was case closed right Yeah, away. case closed. You just pull this one out. No, there was an article that named like all the different, like ca- like counted all the species there and all that shit. There was a bug thorax. Yeah, there was a lot. A <laughs> thorax. <laughs> You're a thorax. 
Oh, man, that's fucking intense. Yeah, that guy's fucked up, though. He murdered his entire family, and he fucking planned it. He was like, I'm going to go to Ohio to visit my brother. Don't worry about me, and literally got a rental car and drove all the way the fuck back. I don't know if his brother knew what he was doing. Yeah. I have to assume he had to, right? I, I would think. Like, I would ask. Yeah, and I the would brother, ask. The brother did say to the police, like, um, oh, he did go visit somebody else for, like, a day or two or something like that. But that felt, to me, and it feels kind of more of, like, just a convenient thing for your brother to be able to say so mm-hmm. that, like, you still have an alibi, but you weren't always around, like, to give yeah. an excuse as to why you weren't around. As, but, so the brother's not completely lying, yeah, but he yeah. is. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but also, not... I'm like, your brother just helped you cover up for murder. I feel like your brother has to know what's going on. Yeah. But or, like, the if 2000... you asked me to do that, I'd be like, but why? I'd want to know why, but if you were like, please don't ask. I don't know what I'd do. Don't would ask still me that. Do it? I would still do it until the police came up and then asked me, and then I'd be like, oh. That's what this is for? Get Erin in here. Yeah. <laughs> I got to talk to her. <laughs> yeah, you can record it. <laughs> but I want her in the room. <laughs> yeah. I want her to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> I need to see her face when I fucking ask, what the fuck? Bro. I can't imagine a 2,000 hour, or 2,000 hour, 2,000 mile drive because by that's, yourself. That's a long ass time. Like, how long does it take? Did you Google it? Ohio to Bakersfield? Just fucking center of no, Ohio. No, but remember we drove to Carlsbad Caverns yeah. from here, and that was like a 13 hour drive. Yeah. And Ohio is like a little bit longer than New Mexico. <laughs> a little. So I feel like he could have done it there and back in a day. Like, not there and back in a day, but there in a day, back in a day. And that's so why like the two killer days. hung out. Because huh? he was like, that's probably why the killer hung out. Yeah, he's he was tired. Like, I got to take a shit and replenish my fuel. Yeah. And whatever. Hang out here. Yeah. And then I'll hit the road. Yeah, that's insane. That's fucking insane. But he still maintains his innocence. Poor Kelsey. What was blocking the door? I don't know. Part I wonder of the ransack if it's the stage. Mo- oh, yeah, maybe. Like shit. And yeah. I forgot to like go back and figure out what that fucking or the- was. "Quote unquote robbers put like TVs and stuff in front of the door, like to we'll block grab it. these on the way out. Yeah, and then they oh. didn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is also one of those cases where I feel like it's been told so many times that I would read like different names on the who found oh. Joni. You know, and I'm like, uh oh, I hope the one I picked was the right. Was the right one? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. That's intense. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Fuck. So if you guys want to check out pictures pertaining to this case, go to our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Blue sky. <laughs> Blue. <laughs> Our handle is at ISGD Podcast. You can come join us on Facebook. We have a group going with everybody. It's called the Goddamn Pod Group. Sure do. Come fucking hang out. The only requirement is that you're cool. Gotta be and nice. That you're nice to people. Yeah, yeah, I guess there are. There's more than one requirement. One rule. Be, be nice. fucking nice. You don't really have to be cool. Like, if you were not the cool kid in school. Oh, yeah, yeah, Come on in. But I mean, like, be cool for us. Yeah, like, be, be cool. Be chill, bro. Don't be all, like, uncool. Yeah, don't you know be all I mean? fucking uncool, man. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so uh, go do that. Or you can email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com or snail mail us, Sant. P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and go tell all your besties about us so they can be addicted to true crime, too. Love you. Bye.